Hello, and welcome to the Northern Grower Podcast. My name is Erin, and this is a podcast that shares tips, tricks, and information for gardeners, growers, and homesteaders with a focus on northern zones. Whilst we are based in colder climates, this podcast is, of course, an accessible and welcoming community for everyone. Today, we have another delve into a segment of agricultural history, where we explore the beginnings of food production in North America, in particular, the region of Mesoamerica and Mexico. Most regions of America transitioned from full-time foragers to farmers independently from one another and at their own pace. And so for the next few episodes, we are going to take a little look at all these different regions of the Americas and explore a little bit about the beginnings of agriculture there. And then, of course, we will also move on to the rest of the world and take a look at um, Asia and European agricultural beginnings as well. However, today's focus is on Mesoamerica and Mexico, and a lot of this evidence that I'm talking about today is in the form of archaeological evidence. Of course, evidence is ever-changing, and this is the most up-to-date evidence and theories that I have found. So archaeologists are these theories about agriculture also come from this archaeological evidence, uh, evidence and then we are making inferences and, of course, from those. So archaeological evidence still suggests people were foraging until around 1600 BC. So I will use foragers and hunter-gatherers interchangeably, but essentially foragers and hunter-gatherers are people that are moving around in small bands and they are pretty much reliant on getting all of their nutrition from the wilderness around them, from the world around them. They aren't really domesticating or focusing um, intensively on food production and they also are not sedentary. So people are still, um, for the most part, in America as well, people generally are foraging but domesticating a few plants alongside their foraging. So they are doing some intentional planting in some spots, maybe a seasonal place they go to, um, but it actually takes a long time for a full full sedentary transition to agriculture. So around the 1600 BC mark in Mexico, there is evidence of what we can term sedentary settlement, which is that evidence is architecture, evidence of solid um, structures, long-term structures, also burials. Burials tend to indicate that there may be some kind of um, sedentary lifestyle going on if people are burying a lot of their dead in one spot, and trash middens. So trash middens are spots where people would have typically You can just find used bones, bits of bones, little shards of pottery, things like that, that shards of tools that would not have been needed and would have been discarded into a trash mitten. 
So those indicate to us that there is some form of sedentary uh, settlement going on. And so this usually indicates the there is the farming and production we would be more familiar with today. So intensive agricultural production on a certain area and the gathering and accumulation of resources in one spot. Some of the crops grown in Mesoamerica, and bearing in mind this is just a few, there are many more. This is a brief exploration of this very deep and complex subject. Are maize, which is the one most of us will be familiar with, amaranth, chia, scarlet runna beans, squashes, pumpkins, chili peppers, papayas, vanilla, cotton, and agave. However, when we do look at the evidence for the earliest cultivars, cultivation of plants is occurring well before that transition to the sedentary farming. So at 1600 BC, there is evidence for full sedentary lifestyles. Um, so sitting in one spot and producing food and all of your food you need from one spot. However, when we are looking at these early cultivars, they do indicate some form of domestication well before we actually find evidence in the record for um, sedentary settlements. So they're testing from a site named Grila Nakwitz, which is in the Oaxaca region. I hope I said those right. Dates squash seeds as early as 8,000 BC. So this indicates they are domesticated because they are larger than their wild counterparts. So it is likely they were a form of cultivated squash, but 8,000 BC, so thousands of years before we actually see evidence for sedentary farms, there are people who, these foragers and hunter-gatherers, they are doing some form of domestication with plants. And while squash is characterized by um, little flesh and hard rinds, but they do produce edible seeds. And so it is thought that, um, you know, they're a low maintenance plant and they were probably intentionally planted at various campsites or other areas hunter-gatherer bands could visit regularly or seasonally. So they are starting to carry around squash um, the hard rinds could have also had many other uses um, as kind of pots or for fishing. So they are intentionally planting squash to utilize and use. And evidence shows as early as 8000 BC, we're seeing some forms of squash seeds that are looking different from what we would think of as wild squash. The earliest evidence of domesticated maize and a lot of people, I think, there's this misconception that maize was one of the earliest domesticated uh, cultivars in Mexico, but one of the but evidence to suggest uh, squash. But one of the earliest evidence of domesticated maize was discovered by uh, Kent Flannery. And these cobs were also discovered at the Gila Nakrit site. And they do date back to 4300 BC. So there are there are corn cobs dating back to 4300 BC so again a few thousand years before evidence of sedentary farms. So there are foragers and hunter-gatherers 
moving around the landscape, but they are starting to intentionally pick and choose plants to grow and utilize. And it's thought that they may, um, these would probably be at regular spots or seasonal spots that they would visit and then collect or plant, collect or plant these plants as they go about uh, gathering and foraging. So although these corn cobs were small and they still have traits recognizable as teosint, which is the wild version of uh, maize, they are different enough that they are thought they are thought they not to be wild varieties. So although they are still recognizable in some ways as teosint, they're just a little bit. These corn cobs look just a bit little bit different that they are thought to have some form of domestication starting or beginning in them. And current theories on how um, early hunter-gatherers and foragers in Mexico did transition to sedentary farming um, seem to suggest that it is depending on location within Mexico. So some parts of Mexico, depending on the region you were in, there was also a difference in that transition time. So some coastal communities, um, there is evidence that co coastal communities may have shifted to sedentary agriculture a little bit later than inland communities. And that's because they had, um, you know, an abundance of nutrient rich food, seafood on the coast. And so they may have moved back and forth regularly or seasonally between the coast and then they might have moved a little bit inland to these intentional planting sites where they could gather these plants and their cultivars and then move back to the coast as needed. So there may have been a long time more in coastal areas, the seasonal movement back and forth from the coast to these planting sites inland. However, there are some groups that may have simply stayed in land and they may have focused a lot more on this intentional planting and been more intensive with it in areas in land that um, are a little bit more scarce in terms of food or maybe a little bit less uh, nutrient rich nutrient rich for food and therefore they may have taken the opportunity to really focus on this intentional intensive planting and when certain spots could start to um, support small groups of people they may have had small bands even as little as 10 stay in an intentional planting spot and cultivate this area and then from there these spots as they began to uh, grow more food and support more people these groups may have become more and more semi-permanent and then as the quantity and quality of these domesticated plants increased and they could support more people, this may have then led to a very gradual shift to these permanent inland settlements. And so that's a very brief overview of the beginnings of agriculture in Mexico um, and the beginnings of agriculture across the Americas and the world is very varied and complex. So I only hope to be able to provide a bite-sized insight into some of these. Um, and 
within North America itself, agriculture does have a great regional variability. And so in the next few episodes, we are going to explore these different regions throughout North America and take a look at what is going on in all of these various regions. So agriculture did pop up independently and at different times in different parts of the Americas. So as always, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. You can find me at the Northern Grower Podcast at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at the underscore northern underscore grower. Or you can also check out our website here from our homestead at greenwitchseed.ca where we, um, this is just a website where we produce seeds here on our homestead and we also sell them and we can ship them out to you wherever you are in the world. Thank you so much for listening. Take care.